Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, America. <laughs> Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, it, it's election day. It's primary day here in Illinois. Uh, and I was very excited to vote for one of the six different uh, Republicans running for the office uh, of the office, the, the, the nomination, I should say, <laughs> uh, because two of the six were black men, you know, and I just, you know, really want to support white wives named Emily. So, uh, yeah, that was going on today. I, somebody, some, on the way to the store, some canvasser tried to stop me and was like, Hey, have you already voted today? And I was like, I'm registered to vote in another state. So sorry. And it like took her a minute to process what I was saying. She's like, Oh, okay. It, like, she was like disappointed by it. Like I, I didn't say I'm not registered to vote. I just said, I'm not registered to vote in this state. Like chill lady. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I fucking last night just randomly because I, you know, after two years of COVID, like there's nothing else to watch on the TV anymore. Sure. Um, new things come out and we fucking consume it literally overnight and then are left with nothing. Uh, and, and and you always reference this fucking movie and I realize that I've never watched all the way through. It's just like it's always like on, you know, it, you'd see chunks of it here and there, but I'd never watched all the way through start to finish the original point break. <laughs> oh shit. Really? Oh, yeah. I man. mean, I know every fucking line from it. Every no, of course. Cause know, it's, it's like in the cultural lexicon, right. but that's okay. So did you have the, the fucking ride of your life last night watching that movie, man? It's so bad. It's just as bad <laughs> as I always kind of knew it was, but yet, you know, everyone's like, Oh, it was Catherine Bigelow's first big, you know, blockbuster action film and it set the stage for women being action directors too. And it's like, yeah, there, there's a really great foot chase in that movie that, that, uh, that, yeah. that ends I mean, with the dumbest fucking cheesy, like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like just what the fuck? Who wrote this? Like, this is, this is always like, I'm amazed that Keanu Reeves has such like a, a, a reverent fandom now because like, I remember him as playing these fucking dumbass characters from the early 90s that were laughable and even when i saw the matrix i was just like yeah it's still pretty much just like whoa you know that it's the same variation of the character and it's like i guess just because he's such a nice guy in real life people love him but uh yeah i i just i watched it and i was like swayze is good kind of but you know it's still just i mean look it's it's not everyone's it's it's a collection of (laughs) i think it's a collection of like breathtaking action shots held together by fucking nothing at all like plot wise but i mean that's right. that was the 80s in a nutshell but 
the action scenes in that movie are fucking cr- like they legit shot them jumping out of an airplane like that's not you know Swayze yeah. like would like had to argue with the insurance guys because he was like I'm like when he does the backflip out of the plane like after uh-huh. he you know where where uh, Utah jumps after him without a parachute that right. Swayze was actually doing that that was a one shot because he he was like I have my skydiving license I'm gonna do this shit I don't care what you say <laughs> and he had like argue with the insurance guys to let him do it and it's fucking incredible like he legit yeah. just you know um but uh, yeah I'm, I mean I'm the, guessing, I'm guessing know, the uh, Keanu didn't actually jump out of the plane himself. I, I I think Swayze is the only one who actually did, but they yeah. did shoot, you know, stunt guys and and, and Swayze sh- jump, you know. Well, you, you can definitely tell that, like, every time there's a close-up of one of them. Sky oh, diving, they're like, in a, you know, you know air tunnel or whatever. Right, exactly. It's like they're on wires and the things, but. Or they do know, the thing where they blow I, the fan I, under you and you're kind of, you know. Right, right, but, right. And your hair is blowing at about, like, 25 <laughs> miles an hour instead of 250. <clears throat> yeah. Right. You know, but again, this is 1991. So there are, there are a lot of movies that uh, have not aged well. But I think that, you know, the people that kind of like this movie, like they, from the get-go, liked the the cheesiness of many of the moments of it. Like, that was kind of the draw. You know? I mean, look, Gar- fucking uh, Gary Busey is like a major player in this movie. I mean, this is, if you, you know what you're getting into from the get <laughs> you know? I, I do love the repeated gag with Busey's character, like how, how quickly he lies to cover, you know, <laughs> the fact that he's undercover, right? Right. He's just he's like... Like running up to the the people, and he's, you're like, "Oh shit, he's about to blow his cover." And he's like, "Oh, have you seen my son? He's a little boy. He's about this tall." And you're just like, "This guy, this guy just knows how to lie to everyone." This is great, right? Right after the surf so. Nazis beat up Keanu, good, good <laughs> the surf shit. Nazis, yeah, yeah. Actually, you notice there's uh in the scene where they they bust him for drugs. There's like a fucking big like Nazi thing framed on the wall. Um, I think, I'm that. sure I've noticed that at some point when I've watched because I've seen it yeah. a lot. But yeah, but I mean, they well, just give it, off a very Nazi vibe, you know? Oh, for sure. But it's it's like one of the it's one of the like Nazi symbols that's not a swastika that like we've now all learned about <laughs> right. thanks to Ukraine. We right. now know all the like every Nazi symbol now thanks to Ukraine. Right, yeah. right. The good you know the good guys that we're sending two hundred. <laughs> somebody tallied it the other day. Apparently, we've sent two hundred and fifty billion dollars so far, which is like a third of our psychotic fucking defense budget. So, yeah. you know, it, oh. we, it, it's just, it's just unfucking real that we're sending them all this money and, and everything is fucking insanely expensive and nobody's doing anything about it. And Joe Biden is acting like he can't do shit about prices of anything, about food, about anything. Like it's I, just- I had a tweet today. Um, what was my tweet today? Somebody re- replied to it. Oh, so it was, it was in regard to these ongoing January 6th uh, hearings that we have right now. I, I would right. argue today is like the first time that I've ever had any interest in. Oh, this is the first time I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> like that's, that's yeah, a- <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> right. but, but my tweet was, you know, when, when is, when is the U S Congress going to hold any hearings on any of the, you know, dozens of coups and insurrections with the U S government financed in Latin America. And I have a, a follower who's, and I haven't really talked to him ever before, but he's like a Chicago <clears throat> urbanist bike type twitter guy and he replied to me he says isn't it isn't biden in venezuela right now and i my instinct initially would be to like do you honestly think a u.s president would ever step foot inside the the country of venezuela like do you know that why like that would just never happen <laughs> but right. i didn't say that i just looked it up i was like well maybe biden's on a trip somewhere else that he's confused by and turns out today biden's in spain so yeah. uh, uh 
Spanish speaking country, I guess. But like, yeah, my instinct was be, was to be like, what are you fucking stupid? <laughs> you think you think U.S. Right. president would? That's like a thing that they don't do. They only that's like a you know for the U.S. president to step foot on your soil, you have to have like sucked off that country right no that's time. a very much a you don't shit where you eat situation like that's right like that, that's venezuela is where you send the cia you don't go yourself right. like like that that's you know like uh the queen of england invited uh, lyndon b johnson to a state dinner and he said no that's how much of a fucking day he was just like like <laughs> no that's like i'm not gonna send myself that's uh, that's <clears> too <throat> much that's too good for the queen you know i'm gonna i'm gonna you know, send send your sister to me, and we'll we'll hang out. I we, um, we, I missed like I you know he he's he's terrible in a lot of ways, but his just his demeanor. Like I I think we need his demeanor out of like a, a socialist president. Like that's the ultimate combination. I, I would of, love it if Bernie had the demeanor of LBJ. Oh well, he he would have never or, fucking or, dropped out right. twice. Like that's or, the, or, or FDR, and it was like, oh, you don't like something? How about I make? How about I pack the court with you know five more justices? And you fucking cry harder about it. Yeah. My favorite thing is when LBJ, and this is apparently a true story because I looked it up after I saw it, but I, I first saw it in the, uh, the HBO movie that where Brian Cranston plays LBJ. He would, he would have, he would like arrange for people to come to meet him in the Oval Office to talk to him about shit that he wanted them to do. And when they get there, he would be like shitting on the to- like on the toilet with the door open, and he'd make. Oh them yeah, you've mentioned that before. Talk to him with the fucking door. It was like the ultimate power move. They would just be like so uncomfortable. He would just like not sell it at all. It's such a fucking funny weirdo thing to do. But um, yeah, yeah. Until his LBJ. midget son shows up with a crossbow, and then <laughs> right. I know that's not the right word to use. I'm sorry. It was just it popped out. Um, yeah, yeah, Game of Thrones. <laughs> dwarf on the show, <laughs> dwarf. Um, but yeah, so um, you know, speaking of shows, uh, we we should talk a little bit briefly about the Obi Wan finale because I had, <clears throat> excuse me, not seen it by the time we had last recorded. But I did have, I have since seen it, and uh, it was incredible. I mean, like you know, like you said, and like we were talking about, it, this show is just, you know, for whatever reason, like all the stars aligned, and they actually you know, brought back, I don't want to say the magic of old Star Wars, but they just told a really good story. Like in a way that I think only for me personally, at least like the last Jedi kind of came close to approaching from all the, from all the post, you know, sale to Disney stuff. Um, And I I just fucking loved it. I loved, you know, I love that it wasn't like an absurd, you know, 30 minute John Woo lightsaber fight that, that, that Obi-Wan and Vader had. It was just, you know, understated and like it felt gritty and there's just, just a lot of great acting in it and great emotion out of uh, Ewan McGregor. Great fucking, you know, spoilers, obviously, for anyone who hasn't seen it, but skip ahead, you know, five minutes. But the the scene where, where you know, Obi-Wan, you know, n- like knocks, you know, breaks open part of the fucking respirator mask that Vader has and you get to see kind of his eyes and like, it was just a great that the interaction they had after that was just great. I thought it was it was great work by both of them. So I, I would say that overall the series is as good as Rogue One, but in Rogue One, like while I think all the actors and the you know playing the characters did a fine job, but you know there's it's the, it's the a one and done thing. Yeah, yeah. Not, you, you're just meeting them and then they're dead, and it's like, well, it's sad, but you know, I mean, okay, whatever. <clears throat> uh, you basically made this movie to you know figure out a plot hole from the you know the 
episode four. And, and, and it was, honestly, it wasn't even a plot yeah. hole. It was just a cool thing to depict. It was like, well, we knew sure. they they steal the plans, but like we don't know how they, you know, like. But. Well, the plot hole was like how you know you build this, uh, you know, space station size of the moon that like you just all you have to do is like shoot a bullet. Oh down right, the right, 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 right. Because the guy was like it. a secret right. rebel and he wanted to help. Worked in a weakness. Right. Yeah, like nobody was there to like check his work. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. But whatever. So, but, so this show was as good as Rogue One. <laughs> when they're building it, nobody's like, "Hey, this is kind of weird. Why are we building this this exhaust port that goes right to the engine?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but, but this was as good as that. But it had the added benefit of having characters that you really fucking care about, and it wasn't just uh, <clears throat> you know, um, you know, you see Vader. And he's like, oh, I hope you don't choke on your aspirations. <laughs> Dad joke. It was, you know, getting to see Vader, you know, it was the hallway of death scene, but times 10. You, right. know, you really got to see some some shit happen. And, you know, I mean, we, we, we saw on the, in what is it, Phantom Menace, it was the last of the prequels, you know. Revenge of the Sith. Or Revenge of the Sith, yeah. Right. And, I mean, the end of that, <clears throat> fucking pretty violent. Like the most violent thing, you know, getting your arms chopped off and your whole body burns right, up and, and on fire, like being, like left left to die supposedly by your, you know, uh, like like you, you really you loved him. You he was the chosen one. Like, could you at least call him a medic? Like, <laughs> <laughs> put him out of his misery, dude. Come on. Really? Like, so that felt very like kind of just like who, who, who would really do that? And this kind of really made you feel like there was regret for all of that. And that's that's credit to. to even McGregor, but also, you know, the, 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 the flashback sequences in the fifth episode, I thought were, were amazing on their own because I almost never, ever want to see a flashback because flashbacks are almost always used by lazy storytellers that don't help the present part of the story. Right. Right. And that not only did that for that episode, that did what it needed to do for this episode too, to remind you where this conflict came from, but how much these two guys used to care about each other and why, you know, having this pivotal emotional scene in the middle of a fight scene, or actually at the end of the fight scene, really um, <clears throat> made it so much more impactful than just watching any other fight scene in the last three movies, you know, right. it, 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 and that is a credit to everybody, but also just like, it's always in my brain. I'm kind of like, you know, when I look at, uh, Anakin Skywalker. I don't see Darth Vader. When I look at Darth Vader, I don't see Anakin Skywalker. And this this wasn't just that you saw a little sliver of his face. It was you know also like the vocal mixing between the oh, you know so synth- between the synthesized James Earl Jones voice and uh, you know uh, Hayden Christensen's actual voice and mixing that together. I think kind of like re- finally made you feel like that's the same person. And also just the the reaction of Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan finally seeing them as being the same person one and the same like his horn revulsion is also like informs the audience that like we're finally seeing them as being one and the same person now too uh and, and that just you know you feel bad for everybody you feel bad for you know both of those characters in that moment um and also just i mean you also you mentioned the fight scene it was amazing seeing uh, Obi Wan go fucking full God mode, just like just oh, uh, God, throwing so cool. throwing all the fucking boulders, and not just one at a time, but like multiple, like just hitting him, hitting, him. and also taking the back of his lightsaber, and like you know, finally someone figured out the weak point is that he's got this breathing fucking thing. Without that thing, he can't breathe. He smash that shit, and he's done. <laughs> right, and, and so that and that also is like the pivotal complaint that I've seen about the show and against people that just don't understand like storytelling and want just like good guys kill the bad guys storytelling they're like well what, what, what a plot hole he gets him down like and he lets him live like what first of all obi-wan 
could never bring himself to kill Darth Vader and never could. Like he didn't kill him in the end. He let him, he let Vader kill him in episode four. Like he never could bring himself to kill his friend. Like even when he was fucking burning in, you know, in agony, like that's been who he is the whole time. Like he's, you know, he, he just, right. He he takes so much responsibility for. Oh, what... he'll kill stormtroopers that he didn't have to kill. <laughs> that he could have just knocked out. He'll kill right, them. Right, but but he also knows that they're clone. I mean, there's there, there's like that weird gray Whatever. area, you know. But like, but but like, but no. But it's his best. He's friend. not going to kill a main friend. character. Like, that's that's the fucking important thing. Well, no, but gotta... I mean, he was you know he always he said to him like you know you were like a brother to me like I I. I I understood. I didn't. It, I didn't bump up against that when that happened in the episode. And not to mention, he was like defenseless. I think he felt like that would have been a, you know. Now, I mean, I you know, I think I'm sure the 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 billions conservatively of people that Darth Vader was responsible for killing in the interim between this show and and you know when he when he dies at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi probably wish he had killed him and i think maybe that's why what if they just did kill him and then they're like well wait how do you how does he exist in the later future of this? like oh i they guess you, didn't... you know it they just fucking like... guess, guess you should have thought about that before you complained youtube right and but and, and you know like again like i think that also you know he had done atrocious things by this point in the series but he's still like a freshly minted darth vader at this point he hadn't blown up a planet he hadn't you know, he was just on an on an opposing side of a war, doing like heinous shit, but not to the level that we've that we would see him go on to do. So I think, you know, that's why Obi Wan was a lot more, you know, uh, willing to like train Luke to kind of go and fight. I don't him. think it matters. That's I don't I don't give a shit. It's it's just like I don't I don't need to have to explain to people the things they didn't like because they're looking for something to. Well, no, about. but I, but I don't it's think just, it's illogical. It's I think I, I get annoyed yeah. that like people think it's illogical. I think you can, if you really think about the way the story unfolds from there, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Like I just, you know, people, yeah, people just have they, no media I, literacy. This, 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 you know, <clears throat> like you know, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, like some people, but I've been waiting for like something to be good enough that I could be like, yeah, this is this is really fucking good. And they find, I think they finally did that. Deborah Chow did a great job with this. Uh, definitely have her do more things in the future. Um, but yeah, this was like, I, if, if that was somebody that really, really fucking liked Star Wars and I watched this, I don't know how I could have been disappointed. Like, what, it, didn't, it you, what didn't you get? Right. I know. I know. <laughs> like, what, 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 like, all the, the things that, that we were like, like complain there's too much fan service. There, there wasn't too much of that. The things that were referenced weren't just like throwaways. They had actual meaning like, oh, we, you know, we made a whole movie so you can figure out where the golden dice from the Millennium Falcon came from. Like nobody <laughs> right. cared about that. Right. But this nobody was even like, knew those oh, were a thing hey, until the fucking remember, later. Remember series. that little plane that Luke had in, in A New Hope? Well, it turns out that Obi-Wan gave it to him and it turns out like it, it, it comes back in a really emotional moment. And they right. knew exactly when to drop in the little bit of fan service with the hello there. Like they knew exactly like when to use that. Um, well, and, 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 and I mean, just have it be a throwaway. So and, I, and what a fucking coup to cast Joel Egerton way back during the prequels when he was a nobody in that role, so that you can get him for fucking ten minutes of this series, like you know, <sighs> top level actor to do this like great, you know, little emotional <laughs> scene that would be like a no nobody part otherwise. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I I you know I had a few complaints. You know, I, I thought the uh, the neon city looks kind of fake. But I thought everything yeah. else looked great. I thought everything else looked really great. I mean, you could tell there was a couple scenes they, well, I mean, the, and it was the, the it idea looked of the, great for a TV budget, you know, right? 
Right. I mean, the volume looks good when you can't tell it's the volume. When you right. can tell it's the volume, that's when it doesn't look good. <laughs> and the the guy who, you know, sort of pioneered that has admitted that that like if you can tell it's what 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 the effect is that made this, then we're not we're not doing the best yet. So well, it looks it just looks a lot better when you're not making too busy of a back. Like that city was just too busy. It was too uh, too obvious that it was not. Well, a living, it, breathing city it's versus... supposed to have depth to it, but everything that's far away is the same level of autofocus. And if it's if there's buildings that are, you know, block by block further and further away from the uh, point yeah, of view, it's just not something they, they should can... be gradually getting further out of out of focus, not be a flat wall of out of focus. That's what I, made it look really fake. That's probably too big of an ask for like their budget. So I think that's why it always looks better when they just depict like I, outdoor I scenery. The trailer, you know? I saw that trailer for Andor and it looked perfect. Like the, the the shots where there was a big, you know, sci-fi looking city, you know, things that were close up were slightly out of focus. Middle depth was more out of focus and far away was just like totally out of Like, I don't know why they can't do that with a computer, you know, just, you just need more rendering time, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I think what's his face? Um, Roken. I don't know. The, the guy played by Ice Cube's kid is going to end up showing up on that show because that's pretty soon mm. after this. And he's a very, it, it would be a very like, you know, it wouldn't be a, an out of place fit for like, he felt more like a rogue one character than anything else. I felt. Yeah. They kind of, they were, seems like they were setting that up a lot, which, you know, like didn't, didn't really need to, but I guess that's yeah. kind of the Marvel way of like, well, you gotta have a <laughs> right. commercial for the next one in here. And, and Reva probably would show like, I, cause you know, I'd imagine they're going to try to find ways to get her into, you know, <laughs> this weird thing where like none of these characters existed, but apparently like they didn't dive between now and, you know, it's right. just like, oh, Grogu was chilling somewhere during the events of the original trilogy. Don't worry uh, about it. <laughs> he was just, yeah, uh, I, I loved her. Of course, all the all the fucking racist Star Wars fans were like, oh, forced diversity. Um, we talked about this several right. times, but uh, yeah, I, I loved how, you know, the whole time up until the finale, she's got like this this sort of braided pompadour. And then in the in the last episode, like that's it's gone. It's just like her hair is just kind of slack and just hanging down, right? Which was really showed kind of like you know a visual representation of her her arc in the show, right? Uh, but I yeah, I love that they uh, didn't just have her redeem herself somehow. She she didn't murder a child like that's that was her <laughs> like well you didn't redeem yourself, but at least you didn't get any worse, <laughs> right? 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 That's, I mean, that's, and that's the whole, like, the, the whole theme of that mood, that series is redemption, you know, the whole thing of like, yeah, it just gets boring after a while. Like, I, I, I want to see the, the gray zones in there and the <laughs> doubt, you know, that's the only, that's the only weird thing is that they keep making it harder and harder to like, like Vader at the end of Revent uh, uh, of Return of the Jedi when he redeems himself. Yeah, you only have to do one good thing when it involves your family to <laughs> right. redeem yourself, right? right. You, you kill billions of people, fucking snap kids' necks, like, whatever. It's all good. Um, but well, anyway, it, it is. Yeah, I, I will say, though, you know, we we've we've never seen Vader get fucked up before. Oh, yeah, yeah that was we, cool to say. We, that was really cool to say. And it can get fucked up. But we've never actually seen Darth Vader get the shit kicked out of him before. And I'll tell you, if there's anyone that can do it, it's Obi-Wan. <laughs> so right, that was very fucking satisfying. He's in his fucking head. He taught him everything he knows. You know, it's not right. like it's. Yeah, sure. He's probably more powerful than than Obi-Wan. But that doesn't, you know, mean shit yeah. when you're. Well, I, I watch. I, I, I'm not this big of a nerd, but I watched a couple of videos that really like broke down and analyzed like their their lightsaber fighting styles and how they had like changed from movie to movie mm -hmm. which uh, like i wouldn't give a shit about that except that like that's a thing that has to be choreographed 
by the people making the show. So the fact that like they put that much thought into it, like, oh, oh yeah. and this, you know, he does this maneuver and does this maneuver and like it's supposed to people that are really into that kind of shit notice stuff like that. So like, I mean, I'm not that interested in it, but what it means to them. I find significant. It cool. I mean, so, I you know yeah. that, they use they use a lot of interesting Japanese like sword fighting techniques. It, like historically in the series, it's in, interesting ways that they incorporate it into like you know yeah. a, it's yeah. cool shit. But um, yeah, so well, <laughs> onto less cool shit. Uh, everything <laughs> al- actually going on in the fucking world. Onto the other it's real world empire world that we fucking live yeah. in. That's even more grim than the fucking yeah than the the empire controlled uh, universe in Star Wars. <laughs> Oh, fuck. But enough about um, NATO. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So fucking, you know, again, we we talked about this when the 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 draft decision was leaked a uh, month ago, a month and a half ago. I don't remember. It was, it was pretty, you know, not not super long ago, but it was, you know, enough time. <laughs> Certainly enough time that the Democrats should have had a plan to do literally anything other than try to fundraise. But we all knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, so LOL to that, that, that fucking brave, you know, law, law intern, law clerk or whatever, who, who's like, surely if I leak this, the Democrats will formulate a plan to stop this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you probably, you know, fucking cost. We, we've got a- months before the comet hits. We're going to do something, right? No, no, we're not going to do something. Very much, very much like that. Yeah. Um, Sorry, but the comet's going to going to generate a lot of money in fundraising. Right. So. Well, I mean, and, and literally that is the case. I mean, this you know we the hammer dropped finally, and Supreme Court among a bunch of other shitty fucking nightmare rulings that they've made. I, I mean, and this is ultimately we knew that this was going to happen. We knew the fucking you know feeble shit their pants dinosaurs like Diane Feinstein you know, were completely ill-equipped to fucking handle those confirmation hearings because we knew that people like Amy Comey Barrett and fucking Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch were lying through their teeth when they claimed that they weren't going to reconsider settled law. We fucking knew that they were ideologue, like far-right, like religious fucking lunatics. And this was the, the, the culmination of the right's like 50-year plan to just stack the Supreme Court and, and create a completely feckless opposition so that they can just sl- hack and slash every imaginable right that they don't agree with. So, you know, the first to go was Roe v. Wade. Cause that's, that's their, that was their fucking white whale. That was what they, the, the religious right has been after, you know, since it's, since it was passed, since it was, you know, ruled on since fucking abortion was federally protected. And, uh, you know, we saw it this week that they fucking reversed that and immediately a bunch of fucking, you know, shitbag right wing governors moved to completely, you know, ban abortion or effectively ban abortion by banning abortion clinics uh, in their state. And it's it's a fucking nightmare. Uh, and, you know, again, I don't you know, even if this was not the case, every I, we don't need to fucking explain to the people listening to the show why abortions uh absolutely need to be legal and and you know be able to be obtained in a safe manner it's it's fucking you know beyond just the obvious like you shouldn't have to fucking have a kid if you don't want to have a kid should be um, free should be free to get rid of one yeah, too yeah well, but the, but thanks to joe biden it's not that he was actually no. the one who helped write the uh the yeah. hyde amendment where you can't use federal funds for to pay for an abortion so he actually that was like his, a little little special extra reward on your your dozens dozenth abortion too. Like, oh, you've got a dozen <laughs> abortion card. 
here's a yeah here's a fucking free shake at starbucks or yeah something. yeah i mean it's it's <laughs> re- literally a fucking medical procedure there's no reason that it should be stigmatized to the to the way you know that to the level that it is but um you, oh, know, you help to prevent the further overpopulation and destruction of the planet hey, hey let's fucking throw you a parade buddy right <laughs> But no, now they're going to throw you in jail. Like, that's literally, I mean, you know, that there were already like stories, like even before this, you know, ruling came down that that they're trying like to, you know, if they think a woman forcibly miscarried, they they like women have been charged like with trying to, you know, I don't oh, know. Yeah, I, just, I read about two women who are being charged with murder for miscarrying because they were drug addicts. Right. Right. So like, have you did you prove that they miscarried because they were on taking drugs because you would have to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt in court that they were were responsible for that right, right? Which, and even I, if they I would you know I would, I would say there's a lot of people that take drugs and there's a lot of people who miscarry and a lot of people who take drugs could miscarry for any number of reasons beyond taking drugs did you see that fucking bill that uh, can write a republican kentucky uh a senator or house member or assemblyman, I forget, but they were trying to bring forth this bill um, that was the fucking craziest thing I've ever seen. And like, uh, you know, of course, I don't know that this would pass, but then again, you never what, fucking know. Prayer in public schools? No, 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 about abortion. So they literally <laughs> want to have a, a, a department of, of, of you know, the, the Kentucky Department of Health. Like anytime you're you're determined to be pregnant, you, you have to like check in with with uh the department of health every month and if you can't prove that you're you're still pregnant you have to like basically they basically monitor you like you're a fucking prisoner like that's literally what this bill would would call for i mean it's fucking insanity a baby oven at that point yeah but you know china they're they're the real authoritarians (laughs) right right? no no yeah this is the country that loves freedom and the fucking party that loves freedom these fucking you know christo fascist lunatics um so I wanted you know, to read just a, a bit um, yeah. before we uh, you mentioned Pelosi and I wanted to, to tag on her a little bit because oh, we'll get to her. Uh, she <laughs> this is I mean, she basically said, well, we don't have to worry about codifying Roe uh, because Roe is constitutional. It's already we don't need to. It'll it'll be fine. Right. But then then, of course, she still tells us, oh, well, we have to elect more Democrats because, you know, what if the Supreme Court have, you know, so th- this is a headline from uh, Washington Post, whose tagline, our motto is democracy dies in darkness. Thanks to WAPO uh, headline <laughs> Pelosi. Democratic candidates should not be forced to toe the party line on abortion. Oh, As you weird. know, she was just campaigning for a anti-abortion Democrat man in Texas against Henry a Cuellar. pro-choice woman. Yeah. Even remember after Madeline, that fucking Madeline Albright, remember what Madeline Albright said about women that don't support women. Even after so, that fucking decision leaked, she was still campaigning for him yeah. and raising money. So that's, yeah. yeah, she really cares deeply about this, but yes, go on. So my, my reaction, just the headline is, you know, this headline uh, that Pelosi is saying democratic candidates should not be forced to toe the party line on abortion. Uh, if that's true, then there is no party line on abortion. <laughs> Right. <laughs> There's just no line to toe if you're not held to any fucking standard. Right. Right. So this is articles from May 2nd, 2017. <clears throat> so that's, uh, God, five years ago. Fuck. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, all right. We're doing so, a podcast um, already at that point. We've been doing this for five years. I don't want to think about that. Uh, <laughs> we just started. This is episode 258. And when you sent me the link to, to record this, I thought it said 25B. <laughs> 
And <laughs> I was like, what, 25B? What's that? Oh, God, 258. <laughs> Fuck. All right. So article, the Democratic Party should not impose. Uh, I'm sorry. The Democratic Party should not impose support for abortion rights as a litmus test on its candidates. House Majority Speaker Nancy Pelosi, D of Calif, said Tuesday, because it needs a broad and inclusive agenda to win back the socially conservative voters who helped elect President Donald Trump. <sighs> Quote, I grew up Nancy D'Alandro in Baltimore, Maryland, in Little Italy, a very devout Catholic family, fiercely patriotic, proud of our town and heritage, and staunchly democratic. She added, referring to the fact that she is the daughter and sister of former mayors of that city, Quote, most of the, those people, my family, extended family, are not pro-choice. You think I'm kicking them out of the Democratic Party? Like, again, are they the ones running for office? No, you're just, you're, it's a fucking red herring, right? Right. It, it's, <laughs> uh, you're not telling every fucking voter that they have to be pro-choice. You're saying that if you want to run for that, for a seat on the Democratic Party ticket, here's the, here's the, here's the line you can't cross. But according to her, there is no such line on anything, right? We have to be broad and inclusive. Well, what is that? It means that you're just trying to court Republicans is what you're trying to court. You could have fucking standards and court people on the actual left. But so why, doesn't, why don't people do just vote for Republicans then if that's what you're offering? If right. you literally say we stand for absolutely nothing, why would anyone vote for you? Why would, And what would your problem be if they did just vote for Republicans? Like, what is the why point you, of fucking voting exactly, for you? What are you opposed to them for if you have no problem with people that are completely... What are we doing here? What are you what, doing here? <laughs> like, what the fuck? So this fucking article conti- continues. She also noted that the debate over abortion no longer boils down to whether a candidate is for or against the basic right to the procedure, but rather over what type of limits should be imposed. So she's admitting that, like, the yes, some people the party, think the limit is none, and some people think that the limit should be, uh, yeah, all. No, she's say, so she's like, saying that, like, the, the only debate is how much we're going to limit abortion. She's right. saying that, that that's what she's saying here. It's kind of failing as an issue, she said. It really is. Oh, so she's saying Christ. that, like, the, the, the idea that we would get rid of it entirely <clears throat> wasn't an issue. It wasn't a thing to worry about. We only should be, you know, trying to debate how much we're going to limit it. Right. So just, just complete capitulation, completely appeasing the people you pretend to be opposed to and are sending out fundraising emails ad nauseum saying that this is the most important issue. But actually, it's not really an issue. Yeah. So last quote from her here. In our cause, uh, again, what cause? What, what cause do you have? Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's not. <laughs> right. It, sorry. In our caucus, our oh. caucus, I'm ass- assuming she means the Democratic caucus of the Democratic Party, which seems redundant until you realize how they're like the worst of the worst, most right wing Democrats. In our caucus, one thing unifies us. Our values about working families. Again, meaningless words. Right. Some people are more or less enthusiastic about this issue or that issue or that issue. They'll go along with the program, but their enthusiasm is about America's working families. No, it isn't. It's about their own fucking material interests. They don't care about other people's families in the general branded sense that you are using it. She also suggested that the party's presumed rigidity on social issues is one reason that Democrats were unable to appeal to segments of the electorate that might otherwise have been in tune with their broader agenda. What broader agenda? What fucking broader agenda are they talking about? That's literally all they have is to pretend that they care about social issues because none of their economic issues. Caring about actual issues distracts people from the broader picture of meaningless, vague branding ideas. She's right. So her last quote here, 
this is just, I mean, this, this is where her head is. You know what? That's why Donald Trump is president of the United States. The evangelicals and Catholics, anti-marriage equality, anti-choice people. That's how he got to be president. So, like, you, you, you think that that's how you're going to win? <laughs> this is how they make the same fucking mistake every time. They think that, oh, well, the Republicans are winning, so it's Democrats. We have to be more like the Republicans. That's the way to win. What the fuck are you a separate party for? Just just admit that you're a fucking second Republican party. (laughs) There's just two Republican parties. There's nothing you're fundamentally opposed to that they're doing. You're just throwing out fucking fundraising emails. That's all it is. She's very bad at pretending she gives a shit about anything other than fundraising. I mean, that's, you know, like, and so I have a video from from yesterday, um, uh, of of her after the ruling had had come down and she had called a press conference, and I mean just just li- first of all I mean obviously you know after hearing that you can imagine what her actual views that's probably a lot closer to what her actual views on abortion and or any issue that you and I care about actually is but so this l- watch her crocodile tears now on Roe v Wade being overturned um you know they <laughs> how could this happen we literally did nothing that we could like I don't understand how this can happen. Um, but it, it's very important to, to listen to the context and the content of the poem that she chooses to read. Um, cause it's just very amusing and synergistic with the democratic party brand. I am personally overwhelmed by this decision. From time to time, I quote this poem by Ehud Manor. He's an Israeli poet. I met his wife when I've been in Israel. He says, I have no other country, even though my land is burning. Only a word in Hebrew penetrates my veins, my soul with an aching body and with a hungry heart. Here is my home. I will not be silent, for my country has changed her face. My country has changed her face. I shall not give up on her. I shall remind her and sing into her ears until she opens her eyes. Clearly, we hope that the Supreme Court would open its eyes. <laughs> so she chooses this poem from this fucking Israeli occupier. Like, I guess comparing the Republicans to Palestinians. Like, I don't I, What a fucking psychopath. Like, what? A, I just somebody so- post a, a tweet that I thought was parody. It was, hi, I'm Nancy Pelosi. I feel terrible about Roe v. Wade being overturned. Here's a poem about Israel. Also, give me $15. <laughs> and then you told me you had this clip, and I was like, oh, that wasn't parody. She actually did that. Yep. 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 That's literally a poem from a guy decrying the fact that, that you know, people live in the place that they lived before yeah. he, he, he I, was I like, able to steal. I like the line in the poem, I have no other country. Motherfucker, you don't have that country either. <laughs> right. And you probably do have another country. You probably came from fucking Staten Island. Like, what are you talking about? Like, right. Right. Fuck out of here. Oh, yeah. Uh, my, my country's burning. Really? I'm pretty sure those are the Palestinian olive trees you set on fire. Fucking settler scum. <laughs> right. My country, Venezuela, yearns for freedom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just it's just so on. I can't I, I can't help but laugh because it's so on brand for the Democratic Party that that like you can't even get through one crocodile tears fucking press conference without affirming their support for Israel. It's, it's kind of hilarious. Um, imagine fucking still defending that shit anyway. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is just a fucking nightmare and like, you know, we're joking about it, but the horrible reality is that 
there's nothing any of us can fucking do. And, you know, obviously, uh, women are going to the people, you know, who give birth are going to fucking die. Like that's, it's going to happen in this country. Like people who have ectopic pregnancies, people who have, you know, stillbirths where the, where the body's rejecting the fetus. I mean, there's many cases where an abortion is a prescribed medical procedure. Like it's, it's, you know, doctors say like, we literally need to, to abort this fetus or you're going to die. And, and so is the fetus. Like it's just completely, you know, ectopic pregnancy. The the fetus is unsalvageable. You will die also if we don't get this out of you. And those women are just now going to die. And it's going to be completely on six unelected fucking dweebs in robes, uh, you know, shitbag, you know, Christo fascist uh, pieces of shit. And I, by the way, and I hope, you know, and again, this is a semi off topic, but I hope all the fucking people who always, you know, scold me when I, when I can't help, but like dis- I can't hide my disdain for like super religious people. And like, they like, Oh, you have to be more inclusive of like religious leftists and blah, blah, blah. Okay. But you know what? Like literally, Someone like fucking Liz Brunig, who has like one of the biggest voices in on the in the media in national media on the left, is like pretty fucking openly anti-abortion. She did like one of those weird like teens for Christ fucking anti-abortion videos a couple yeah. of years ago, and like uh, just, just fucking radio silence all week from her. So you know, thanks for that. Thanks for fucking funneling any efforts away from fucking you know trying to stop this. Uh, you know, I, again, this is why I have no respect for people like that. I have no fucking respect. I have nothing but disdain for people who, you know, can act. And again, like if you're religious, that's fine. But just know that if you consider yourself a, left, a leftist, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance there because if you're either cognitively dissonant about your beliefs as a leftist or you're cognitively dissonant about your beliefs as a Christian, because they just don't fucking jive. Like they don't, yeah. you know, they don't jive. And then this, well, is, you know, it's it's pretty easy to I think to be you know, opposed to abortion and have any political agenda. And that's, that's fine. Just if you don't want an abortion, don't fucking have one. That's easy. Right. Right. There you go. Right. Problem fucking solved for right, everyone else but, that does want to have one or does need to have one. Get the fuck out of their life. But the problem is like when you're Christian and where you raise Christian and I know I was fucking raised Catholic for fucking however many years <laughs> from birth. Um, and you're taught that it's like you're, 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 letting evil like exist if you're not trying to stop i mean this is why these fucking psychos camp outside of fucking abortion clinics like they really think that like it like it like viscerally upsets them that people are aborting fetuses because they think that they're murdering babies like it's not that they're you know trying to 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 score points or trigger people like they genuinely i mean you saw some of the fucking you know like the the pro fucking you know, pro uh, the, the anti-abortion fucking rallies, like where they were like cheering and celebrating, like their team had won the fucking World Cup when their ruling was announced. And it, oh, was, I would, I, I wouldn't let myself watch any of that. It was just, I, it, it, was, it was, yeah, it was just infuriating. I don't like to w- watch uh, evil people um, feeling good things. No, I, <laughs> right? I and it, right, I only want to watch them suffer, right? Um, so. But but I'm but I'm saying like it wasn't a, it didn't to me it didn't feel like watching it. It didn't feel like like eh, <laughs> we got our way. It felt like like oh thank god we finally the nightmare the na- our national nightmare is over. Like that's but that's genuinely the fucking mental illness that they push on right. you like when you're I mean, that. Do, do they know that people are just going to fucking you know, drive to another state and do it. Right. <laughs> like, and, and, like, and, and, or like die thing. if they can't afford to, not, they're just going to well, die. 
I don't think anyone's going to go that far, but I, like, you know, it's if, if you weigh the cost of, you know, driving to Colorado or driving to Illinois uh, from, you know, Kentucky or wherever the fuck, like redneck enclave versus the cost of raising a child to adulthood. One's a couple hundred dollars versus uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Right. Well, uh, and- so people are going to look at that and go, yeah, I'll figure out a way to get there. Like they, well, they haven't then- stopped abortion anywhere in, in such a way that people aren't still going to do it. It's just going to be a bigger pain in the ass. Well, but there, but there's a couple issues with that too. Now it's because number one, uh, conservatives, unlike Democrats actually, uh, do enact policies that their base wants. The, the, one of the biggest gets for the Republicans, if they had control of all three chambers would be a federal ban on abortion. Like they would codify the opposite of Roe v. Wade if they could, and they very well could if they take power. And that's a fucking nightmare. And well, that's why you reelect Nancy Pelosi then, right? (laughs) Right. Of course. No, that's the only, she's the only one standing between us and, and barbarism, but um, (laughs) no. So, but the other issue is that there are people who genuinely don't have enough money or, or means or, time sometimes people don't realize they're pregnant until it's too fucking late like to to actually get an abortion like you know to get a legal abortion i shouldn't say to get like you know it could be done but there are states where it's like you can't get it after six weeks so you can't get like if you're not close and you have no money to fucking do like you might just say ah fuck it i'll have it and if you have an ectopic pregnancy that's that another thing with like ectopic pregnancies and things like that they those don't like present themselves ahead of time that's like a hey this is like a complication you're nine months pregnant what do you want mm. to do? We need to get this baby out of you, keep you alive. Those right. women are not going to be able to travel somewhere to get an abortion. They're going to fucking die. Like they're just, and this is what well, happens I, in I Eastern like European countries. Like the organizations are going to, you know, fundraise. So there's a, you know, sort of a slush fund yeah, to pay for like, things like it, that, but it's, it's going to fall through the, because it's gonna, I mean, things are going to get mobilized. That's for sure. You know, but, I, but, I mean like this happens in Eastern European countries. I, I forget. I think it was Romania, but I, I don't quote yeah. me on that, but I mean, literally there were, there were, a period there was a period where abortion was legal and then they banned abortion and uh maternal mortality went up significantly like fivefold and then they brought it back yeah. and it went down i mean it's it's very easy to chart these things because it's just a matter of if if it doesn't exist there are just situations where you are too pregnant to travel and it's a life or death we need to get this thing out of you right now situation and it's more common than people realize and those women are just going to die and that's the that's the federal government saying yeah well tough shit because we're fucking, you know, ruled by this fictional fucking well, guy in the sky. They, their and, wombs were weak, so you know it's it's, it's you know right. obviously God's they, well. so that's they, that's you know the baby oven was broken and the life form that surrounds the oven is less important than that oven. That's that's not God's plan. That's you know it's it's the she's designed to create little mini versions of the father, and you obey the father. And if that's not you know how it works, then we don't care if her you know meat body dies. That's Right? right like that's I mean, right. you, you watched the hand handmaid's tale right yeah no i watched a couple episodes and yeah it's it's uh, i've had to <laughs> i'm not i'm not I, I don't particularly care for elizabeth Oles. i like I, she's a good actress but i just i can't like shake the scientology like i i know it's it's easier with tom cruise because i knew, knew him for scientologist some... too oh yeah she's a fucking hardcore scientologist I, elizabeth really, moss elizabeth moss not elizabeth olsen yeah um, <laughs> well, i realized the other day i realized the other day that i follow all of the women from Mad Men on Instagram, <laughs> except for her. 
<laughs> and it wasn't on purpose that right, I did just that. I just work realized. It's it like, oh, it was Jamie Marie Jones. She got a fucking she, um, fine ass Instagram account. Oh, it's <laughs> fucking yeah. So I just I you know eventually had it I gradually you know followed everyone on that show. Everyone she on made that a big show, she made a big scene at the Emmys. Off. I don't know if you remember this, but she made a big scene at the Emmys years ago when uh, Leah Ramini won for like best documentary series because she had that like escaping Scientology show. So she made yeah. a big scene and like huffed out of the theater when she won. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> like all right, relax. Oh, I didn't even know that she was Scientologist. I, oh, yeah, I yeah. like her even less now. But I, I mean, I, if, um, I any 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 famous but, but, rich person that's also religious it's just like why what do you need it but for? also the fucking irony of her being on a show like that that's about like religious fucking psychopaths and a full-on theocracy and oh, she's yeah. part of like one of the craziest fucking religions that exist you know like but whatever um and it's only been around for 70 years too it's right. just like he fucking made it up on a dare what are you doing right like, at least with the old-timey religions like you know it's a fucking tradition or something right shit, you, you like, didn't you didn't know the schmucks that made it up back then like now we know the schmuck that made it up you know fucking like penny fucking dreadful writer um but anyway uh yeah i mean it's just a fucking nightmare but i so i we actually have some clips because there were some some you know moments of of uh hope at least in 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 the way that this is being reacted to because people are tired of the democrats bullshit and and it's becoming very transparent that you know to people that that like and i i think i saw the most like Oh, so they're really just not going to do anything like out of like shit libs that I've ever seen for any one particular thing. Now, you know, again, I'm sure that they'll talk themselves back into voting for them when the time comes. But eventually the worm has to turn. And I really do think that this was a pivotal moment for a lot of people. I don't know, man. The Detroit Lions still sell tickets, so... (laughs) Yeah, but they'll occasionally have years where they're like, oh, maybe they're going to win this year. They actually do decent. So, like, they, <laughs> they trick you back into it. Um, but uh, and also, like, you, you, you're in Detroit. Like, how many things are you going to really do? You know, like, that's a that's like a thing to go to. You know, there's not a ton I mean, of- you got you got the fucking Lions or the Tigers. Which losing team do you <laughs> right, want to see on any right, given day? Right. Or the Pistons. Oh, um, my God. God there was, there was I got to I got to tell you this real quick. One day I was yeah. um, back when I, I lived in uh, Detroit. I was I was on my way home from work and I noticed like a shitload of fire trucks and uh, there was like it was like one of many parking lots around uh, the Tiger Stadium. I forget the name of the stadium, Uh, but uh, who knows what its name now? It probably changed fucking sold off the rights of that shit but it was like like several dozen cars had burned up during the game as in like fans are coming out of the stadium after the team just lost of course right to, to see that like all of their cars had burned up because an electrical line fell and caught like started a fire and i was just like there's no more fucking detroit thing than this <laughs> Like oh man, <laughs> like, just like failed infrastructure falling, catching fire to the cars of fucking fans that are coming out to after watching their fucking home team lose once right, again after, after, after like, walking out of a decrepit stadium, fucking miserable <laughs> was, team. Literally, I just I like I sensed it. I was like, this is this is the real Detroit right here. <laughs> um, fuck yes, but so yeah, so I mean, there were there were there were pockets of hope at least among among young people, you know. The, at least you know of, of like nobody's gonna take you know the shit anymore from them and uh, like i don't know if you saw that clip it's not really a good clip for the podcast because it's repetitive but uh beto o'rourke was like tr- you know fucking uh, trying to like center himself and you know in a, in a camera shot in one of these protests and people like really started heckling him 
and they started chanting at him, uh, Democrats, we call your bluff. Voting blue is not enough. Like until yeah. he left, like he was just like, all right, fuck. There was my photo op. Um, but I, but I, it just was fucking great to see. And like, guy just can't catch a break. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if only he'd kick flipped his way into the center of that circle, I think they would have. I they mean, been too he, wow. He never to... learned how to kick flip. That's the problem. <laughs> People say like, oh, you can skateboard. I'm like, yeah, but he, you can't kick. Yeah, flip. He, can, he can go in a straight yes. line and not fall over. Wow. Yeah, fucking... you can you can stand on a skateboard while it rolls, but that's not skateboard. So can a bunch Jesus. of bulldogs. Like that's not impressive yeah. <laughs> to me. Like you know, <laughs> I bet Bettle's dog could do that. Shit, the dog that tried warning him. Right. him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, and th- this was another clip that this was, fr- somebody had pulled this from CNN. It's just from somebody's phone recording. So it's a little, you know, tough to make out, but um, it, this was just like in a random, you know, CNN going around interviewing people at these protests. Cause of course there were right. massive well, protests. This is why, this is why news organizations don't interview random people on the street mm-hmm. as much as they should, because you get honest answers and it, it, it like peel back, like the layers of bullshit from corporate media and show what people actually think. Well, and and as opposed to like, I don't know if you ever watch your local news, but they, they, they do as much as possible to like highlight the dumbest people, like giving the most like droll, like, you know, non-offensive one-liners. Anytime they do a local news story or local interest story, they'll chop it up and you'll get one line where people are like, Oh, well, I really don't think that that's a great, you know, like just really basic shit. And when you're in a situation like this where CNN doesn't want to highlight these people, but they're also in right. a pinch because they're a 24-hour news it's, network. It's like a, there was a fucking they tornado, content. A, a freak of tornado disaster, like a bunch of tornadoes happened in Oklahoma years back. So they sent Wolf Blitzer uh, uh, out on the ground to interview people. <laughs> and there's a woman, woman holding her baby. He's like, you know, in times like this, you must be, really be turning to God right now. And she's like, I'm atheist, actually. And she like kind of like cocks her head all cute when she says it. Because he just <laughs> assumes that like everybody in Oklahoma has got to be. Right, she wasn't even, I remember she wasn't even shitty about it. She was like trying to like steer him away from it. And he kept saying it over and over again. She was just like, finally, like, right. dude, I'm an atheist. Like, like stop. What, <laughs> aren't you a fucking news reporter? Like, what, what are you reporting on? God? The fucking like that, that David oh, Cross where he goes off about his local hometown newspaper talking about like they did an opinion poll if people thought that there were roads in heaven that was in his local <laughs> newspaper it's like oh the f-? and then it was like most atlantans agree fucking when you get to heaven there will still be roads and cars to drive it's like <laughs> how, how did anyone get that fucking information why the fuck would you print that in the newspaper it's even, it's, it's this deep, hilarious bit that david cross did about about this and just like making it all up that's good uh all, all like the other things that people must have you know because nobody's sitting around thinking other roads and guaranteeing christians aren't sitting around thinking are there roads in heaven i don't know like somebody at the newspaper was like well uh what's the what's a thing we can do to fill up space it's like let's <laughs> right. let's ask people if they think this and they'll be like i've never thought about that but i guess if gun to my head i'd say <laughs> sure why not <laughs> Right, there are enough, enough lunatics in this country whose own personal idea of heaven is driving around a fucking you know city street going 180 miles an hour with no no traffic and no lights, no you know. So you're, just, sure, you're fucking not? you're you're just you know living your whole life as an angel, pure good, and all of a sudden today is like, hey, we need you to drive the bus today. It's like, god damn it. <laughs> Come on, get in. Oh, man. Get what a, what a fucking rib that would be if not only we're wrong about like, oh, yeah, there totally is an afterlife, but also you still have to work in the afterlife. Like, right. <laughs> there's no escape. There's an eternal fucking just you work for the rest of your fucking 
existence until couldn't, the sun couldn't burns. God down. just let us teleport all over the place. Like <laughs> no, because then you would be omnipotent too, and you're not allowed to be. You're just you're you're a ghost. You don't get to fucking float through walls, ghost. Yeah, not what a rib that would be. All right, all right so let's play this clip. Yeah, We're getting off track. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's that, that's an easy talking point for people to understand that Democrat, you know, all, all the things of like, well, they, you know, Democrats can't do it because of, of you know, whoever the whoever the fuck the guy who's the guy they always blame it on mansion or the supreme court or the parliamentarian or the fucking yeah, sun was in my whoever. eyes or and, and you can you can like <laughs> right you can, any any particular issue you can say well they didn't have the votes to da, da, da. it's like well they've had 50 years to codify roe and they haven't that's 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 so simple of a bullet point that anyone can process that be like yeah at, at any you know not not every day could they have done it but they've had multiple opportunities over 50 years to do it and they didn't so this is not just like well this this one particular you know democratic congress couldn't get it done this is 50 years of not even trying to right. do this they, that, they that's an indictment on the entire, on the entire party's know. history for our entire lives and then some Right. Barack Obama fucking just straight up lied on the campaign trail in 09 saying that that was the first thing he would sign into law is codifying Roe v. Wade. And he fucking swept into office with a big majority. He got a super majority in 2010. And then they fucking, you know, they blew it. They, they, they it, it was just, you know, they, they didn't do anything with it. They did everything they could to pretend like their hands were tied because like, oh, well, we have a super majority, but there's one person. So we only have 59 out of 100 votes. We can't do anything. Like, the, again, there's there's no amount of, of Democrats that you can elect that will ever actually want to do anything to help you. Like, I, I hope right. you fucking realize that because you know, people who want power and actually want to do something with that power when they get in power will do the thing that they want. Right. 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 That is what and the Republicans will do. Happened. Right. So, again, it's like the Democratic Party. They're 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 the fucking team that loses against the Harlem Globetrotters every time. Right. That's their job. That's their fucking role. What and are they called again? The uh, Washington Generals. There we go. <laughs> Ironically enough, or, you know, appropriately enough. But yeah, I mean, and, 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 it, and it's just it's just on and on. And, you know, again, I've, you know, beyond checked out. And I think most people have. But it's just. It's just really fucking sucks for like real people at times like this to know that there's just no fucking hope in this country of ever. And, and again, this they're not going to stop there. This is the first this this is I mean, you know, they, they joked about Obama electing activist judges. I mean, this is this is the era of the fucking activist Supreme Court judge. They are going to go after everything that they think is fair game. I mean, Clarence Thomas in the fucking 
you know, the in in this ruling, in his rule, in his ruling, he wrote that they're going to use the same precedent that they've overturned because they don't think that the Constitution covers this to look at uh, the uh, Obergefell. I, I don't know how you pronounce it, but the the gay marriage um, ruling, the ruling uh, protecting uh, uh, privacy in the bedroom, basically, which was like there used to be. Uh, sodomy laws and like that was the, the Supreme Court ruling that that effectively made it so that like they can't tell you what you can consensually do with somebody else in a bedroom like they're basically saying oh well this doesn't cover any of that and you know the thing that people always mention with those rulings is um the uh loving versus uh I forget the state but the, the interracial loving versus Virginia loving versus yeah. Virginia which is um, an interracial marriage which is hilarious that that's the one yeah. that 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 uh Clarence Thomas didn't mention you see because Samuel L. Jackson's tweet about that <laughs> no what did he say yeah he just said how's Uncle Clarence feeling about overturning loving versus Virginia <laughs> Sam Jackson right guy. because of course Clarence Thomas being a black Republican has the whitest psychotic MAGA QAnon conspiracy theorist wife imaginable his wife yeah. Ginny Thomas was so like the, working uh, with the people who were planning yes, January sixth. Well, or the other uh, ruling he said we need to look at again mm-hmm. as a law protecting contraception. Mm. Birth control. Sorry, that was pills. one I couldn't think of. Yes, that was the other one. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're, and we're condoms con- and condoms. That was that's that's also included in that in that fucking ruling. Any but, any kind of contraception. So you know, how, how can you how can you ban birth control? Like when, when I didn't even, I didn't even know that was, was a thing that could, existed. This country is a Christo-fascist fucking nightmare. Like, those things, yeah, again, I didn't even know that that was a Supreme Court ruling. I was like, oh, well, obviously, who could have been a Pope? Like, I'm sure, you know, the Pope would be like, oh, birth control. But, like, you know, or maybe not this Pope, but, like, most Pope. But, like, no sane fucking person's like, hey, yeah, condoms, we shouldn't have those. But, no, these fucking psychos are literally going to try to come after, you know, the federal protection for states to even have birth control. And there are some fucking lunatic religious governors who will fucking ban birth control like that's this is where we're at we're gonna i mean the the amount of fucking stds and unwanted pregnancies i mean this is just a fucking theocratic nightmare and i and i and i just can't imagine yeah i I don't know i got nothing i have nothing to offer i have no no inspired i mean this is a fucking nightmare well we can't have an opposition to that that has a litmus test (laughs) right right why why have any tests to, to keep people out who are actually in support of banning condoms. Right. So I, I guess we'll just, you know, maybe if enough uh, white suburban moms vote for Joe Biden 2.0, well, yeah. So uh, th- this is, <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it, it's, we, we've been talking about this. You've been talking about this, especially just how, like how much more open uh, the, these Christo fascists are being. Um, and for example, uh, a, a uh, rep from Illinois, U.S. Rep. Mary Miller uh, had a little uh, Freudian slip. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, she says she says that she uh, just misspoke. But this is this is like um, you know, Doctor Strangelove. Uh, you know, can't he can't stop putting his Hitler salute? <laughs> his arm keeps going up. He's like, ah! right. So Rep. Miller thanks Trump for victory for white life. <laughs> campaign says she misread remarks so u.s rep mary miller immediately drew fierce backlash on social media and elsewhere 
uh, at a Saturday night rally with former President Donald Trump when she credited him for the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade, calling it a victory for white life. I want to thank you for the historic victory for white life in the Supreme Court yesterday, Miller said, then raised her arms in an animated clap amid cheers from the crowd, which numbered in the. Yeah, so the crowd thought that was great. The oh, no, of course they did. Of course, cheering they did. wildly that that this, you know, white lives so, matter that we're so going to. Yeah, she's saying that she meant to say right, right to right to life. So read that quote again and see if the phrase right to life makes any sense whatsoever. Uh, I want to thank you for the historic victory for right to life in the Supreme Court yesterday. That sentence does not make any fucking sense. That was not what was written. I'm sure it was just, I want to thank you for, for the victory for life. (laughs) Uh, but she just is, you know, she can't help but say the things that her and her friends say in private and it just right. kind of slipped. I, I do believe it slipped the tongue. I don't think she meant so, to actually say that. But So just, you know, let, let's give her the benefit of the doubt, at least for now, uh, about what she meant to say. And, and I'll continue here. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, the crowd cheered, which numbered in the thousands on a sweltering day in West Central Illinois. The statement unleashed a forceful rebuke on social media, likening Miller to a white supremacist and recalling the time that she quoted Adolf Hitler on January 6, oh. 2021. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> and so on January 26, 2021, we all know what happened that day, a day the mob, uh, a mob broke into the nation's capital. Miller can be heard in footage saying Hitler was right on one thing. He said, whoever has the youth has the future. <laughs> You know, Hitler, say what you will about him. He was really he was really spot on with those with those kids. You know, he really knew that he had to get a, a program going for the young. Uh, I think it was called Hitler Youth, I think it was called. Yeah, no, he, he was spot on with that. I just I mean, I, I so this was this is actually what I just read. You was a, was pieced together from two different articles I read on this. And it's always like anytime you, you see a little tiny bit of like, hey, Maybe this person's blatantly racist. All you got to do is like Google their name and find one or two other articles and you you will be you'll have your confirmation right there. So, yeah, I was reading one article. I saw this. I didn't know much about her. So I started looking her up and it was like the very next item was was article. How she had been quoting. She had been quoting Adolf Hitler <laughs> during the January 6th fucking Capitol riots. Right. It's like, uh, I think she might yeah. be racist. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the chief was, yeah. As I, if I, I just West can't Central even... Illinois wasn't a big enough giveaway, too. So, yeah. you know, you mentioned the January 6th stuff, and we we obviously haven't been covering much of this because it's mostly just a fucking <laughs> sideshow for the Democrats to focus on to not do yeah. anything. But today was funny as shit. Like, today had some real fucking, like, entertaining. <laughs> like, apparently Donald Trump, Trump tried to choke a bitch. Like, that's, that's what we learned today is that Donald Trump, Tried to oh, literally right. choke a Secret Service agent and, and tried to like forcibly grab the wheel of the SUV they were driving him in to turn him allegedly, but you know one of one of Mark Meadows' close aides. This is this is yeah. This is just like I, I trying to imagine what because this is somebody who testified in Congress uh, about what was happening that was that was told about it uh, you know secondhand uh, shortly after it happened that day. Right. So, you know, with with the memory, the way memories work, things can change. And you're, you're telling, you know, someone else's story to begin with. But, you know, I, I would argue that somebody in the Secret Service who was in that car <laughs> uh, being choked or, or struggling 
with the, the steering wheel while the president's <laughs> grabbing it while the car's moving. He's trying to jerk the wheel and fucking turn the, like what I, I have to imagine some version of this really happened. Oh yeah, yeah. no, for sure. I don't, I don't, I don't doubt so, that. So I'm, I'm, I'm imagining like the SNL version of like what they would imagine it would be like. And I'm trying to also imagine like what, what really would have looked like, you know, like just Trump getting so fucking frustrated that he's just giving fucking he just grabs it <laughs> and just jerks the wheel and they have to. She says that the, the quote like somebody said, "Mr. President, you have to let go of the wheel." <laughs> <laughs> like trying to explain to him that like the vehicle is about to roll over and crash. I would fucking... kill to be in that car just to witness that, not to oh. be literally in that car, but like to and, be a fly on the wall. <laughs> He literally had, like they had to grab his hand and pull it off the wheel, and then he fucking turns and grabs, starts choking the guy who pulled his hand off. <laughs> it's just, like, and it is like clearly he's done shit like this his whole life, right? Because right? well, he's always got away with that shit. But you know, it's, like it's just so fucking funny that. Um, and then the other, the other big quote that came out of that when because he knew apparently that you know people were probably armed going to his protest because he knew about the the whole insurrection thing. Um, yeah. there, there was a quote, uh, cause, cause apparently they were like having issues with the, the, like the, the, uh, metal detectors or the mag, you know, whatever. And, um, he, there was a quote from him, let my people in, they can march to the Capitol afterwards, take the fucking mags away. They're not going, they're not here to hurt me <laughs> or they're not here to hurt me, I guess, depending on how you want to emphasize that. Um, but, right. He doesn't care if they hurt you know anybody else. Right. His vice there. president, if they murder Mike Pence, because that was staffers, aides, the Capitol right. police, fucking you know, <laughs> his own vice president. He I doesn't. Mean, ca- no, just, no, for sure. No, that, that. Not, doesn't care about it. And it's you know, it's it, you know, okay, yeah, this is horrifying, but it's also the craziest fucking thing that a president's ever probably done personally i mean aside right. from lbj taking a shit but that's just like, no this is like, i think this is crazier though i mean the, the consequences are certainly crazier of this just just imagine being the secret service and you've trained your whole life gone through countless background checks and <laughs> and and you know you, you know counted for every possible conceivable thing you know like the terrorists trying to kidnap the president killed or dozens somebody, of muslims somebody, in the middle east before he got you know, this post i'm sure somebody you know, a sniper taking shots at the motorcade you know every eventuality and the one thing you never thought would fucking happen <clears> is the <throat> president tries to grab you have to fight the president <laughs> for the wheel of the vehicle <laughs> So like they didn't fucking train me for this shit. <laughs> and this poor, like again, I'd like, fuck the Secret Service, but this poor Secret Service guy was probably like panicked because there's these fucking guys breaking <laughs> into the Capitol. It's a fucking nightmare scenario for them where it's like, if we don't get him out of here, who knows what the fuck's going to happen? They're going to rip him out of this car. And like, th- which is like the Secret Service's fucking nightmare. They're like, we have to get you out of here now. And he's like, no, 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 go back. Come on. I want to go. I want to go address my fans. Like, I want to. <laughs> and having to explain to him that like you know it, it's not safe we have to take you to a secure location which is the white house and he's like no i want to go be with my people <laughs> and they have to you know and yeah he's probably right like they wouldn't have done anything to him personally but you know just just the fact that like he's he's so not on the side of his own secret service that he literally <laughs> tried to grab the wheel or did grab the wheel and change the direction of the vehicle and and fight control the vehicle away from the the driver his own driver like that that is the funniest fucking thing i think you could ever imagine yeah no it's it's it is truly fucking hilarious but oh my god all right well 
I think that I think we hit what we wanted to hit today because that was that I saw that. Yeah, that I, I have was... one last little blurb I had um, oh, yeah. pop up just just as before it went on air. Like you, you knew you knew this was going to start. You knew the machine was going to start. Right. And here it is. CNN headline from Chris Saliza. Sil- oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a fucking talking head on CNN headline. The whispers of Hillary Clinton 2024 have started. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep making the same fucking mistake forever. I, so you know, j- just three yeah. paragraphs here. All I'm going to read from this. In the immediate aftermath of the Supreme Court's monumental decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, conservative writer, oh, conservative, thank God, conservative writer John Ellis took to the Internet. I love every time I get online, I'm like, well, it's time to take to the internet. <laughs> time for my da- yeah, time for me to do my daily routine of taking to the internet. Literally, it's like I open my laptop and hit enter, and the screen comes on. I'm like, oh, I'm taking to the internet. Conservative writer John Ellis took to the internet to make a provocative case. It was time for Hillary Clinton to make another political comeback. It, it, what, what what comeback has she ever made? I'm sure the, I'm sure Republicans would love for Hillary Clinton to run for president again. Oh yeah, that's like yeah. the dream it's, of Republicans. Like, uh, how could she not run? Look how many conservatives mm-hmm. love her. <laughs> All the conservatives are just like, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but they would again. love for her to run again because they know she's like the one person that's like guaranteed to lose to any fucking the white person. Court. Well, I mean, there are a lot guaranteed but... to, to you could you could run you know you could run any fucking republican you could run mitt romney and he would be the president yeah he would wipe the floor with her i mean you could you could run mitt romney as a democrat and he could still beat hillary clinton uh now is her moment he wrote the supreme court's decision to overturn roe v wade creates an opening for hillary clinton to get out of stealth mode again what stealth mode she's everywhere all the time what the fuck are you talking about stealth mode Uh, to get out of stealth mode and start down a path toward declaring her candidacy for the 2024 Democratic presidential nomination. Uh, He continued, or no, so this is a separate person getting quoted. Uh, Clinton is exactly, this is a Democrat, uh, Willie, I lost the name. Anyway, it's another quote from the article. Clinton is exactly the right person to put steel in the Democrat's spine and bring additional, (laughs) and bring attention to the reality that ultra mega Republicans, as President Biden calls them, are tearing apart the nation. Keep talking and talk louder about Hillary. <laughs> put put steel in the Democrats' spine. Well, that would, would be a first time. I just I'm not sure that Hillary Clinton is the person to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, yeah, that's I mean, it's, she it's saying, hilarious. She says, but... she says that, that she's not going to do it. She's not going to do it. But then she says. That 2016 is still unfinished business. So if it's unfinished business in her mind, that she's she's. I mean, th- this is what they do: is they put out these trial balloons, and they go, "Oh, look, they got th- this many people clicked on the article, and you know, we consider that to be favorable in our our methodology and our polling." So, right. But now, if you actually look at Chris Liz's tweet, he's getting like there are like twice as many comments as there are likes. You know, there are like 500 likes, and there's like over a thousand comments last time i checked of just people being like go the fuck away what is wrong with you how many times yeah, do we need to teach pay you this pundit. fucking lesson like yeah but yeah let's, it's just let's it's keep just... making the same mistake forever yep oh fuck uh yeah sorry everybody did not have anything good uh to report this week um other, other than other than fantasy fictional shit but uh 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, we'll do this again oh, I next did know, week. I did, I did learn a new acronym. Uh, t- just, just, I was today. I No, not today. No, it was, it was this week. Um, so I didn't even know this was a thing, but uh, you, know, you know, the G7 just met yeah. recently uh, to talk about how they're going to spend a hundred billion dollars on infrastructure uh, to challenge China because China's built like what twenty six thousand miles of high speed rail in like the last fifteen years. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna spend uh, like one one hundredth of that amount of money spread out across seven countries to you know <laughs> not not to actually make things better but just to compete with China. So. Uh, currently, uh, meeting, or actually maybe not currently meeting, but I just saw somebody posted a meme. Uh, you ever heard of BRICS? B-R-I-C-S? No. Uh, it is a economic coalition between, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Um, and a couple of those seem like likely fits, but then South (laughs) Africa, you're like, okay, whatever, you know, that, that's clearly, you know, an economic, uh, grouping of countries that is not the G7, uh, right. I would argue, is probably fairly opposed to NATO as well, uh, at least with the Russia and the China in there, and you could argue India as well. Uh, but somebody who somebody just like counted up the populations of all those countries. The G7 total population is seven seven hundred and seventy seven million people, and BRICS Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa total of three point two billion. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so basically half the world. <laughs> In yeah. just those those five countries. Now, obviously, you know, China and India is is pretty much half the, the, the world the, right there. Right. The, the, <laughs> if you take those two out, it's still maybe it's like three point oh, like point oh one billion. Yeah. But uh, but still, yeah. no. I mean, it's yeah. Wow. That's. But yeah, I mean, we've argued this before that like any 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 you know real opposition to the Western world, to NATO, to the G seven, it's it's going to come from whoever is teaming up with China. Right? right, which I would say there's always some concern when you have a very large government overseeing a very large population. But uh, you know, when you look at the kind of investments those countries are making in other countries, building hospitals, building schools, um, you know, I would much rather see that than America invest in other countries building nothing but army bases. So. Right, investing in in building more fucking javelin missiles to give to Ukraine for their fucking proxy right. war. You know. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, everything sucks. I don't have to tell you. All right. Well, <laughs> on that note. Um, <clears throat> oh, one last good little bit of news. I, I saw this fucking... I, I don't know where this was. The person who tweeted this didn't say what restaurant it was. But apparently, Clarence Thomas, Clarence Thomas went out to dinner this week. <laughs> yeah, I saw this. And his server... Uh, took a little picture of the front and back of his credit card that he paid for dinner with and posted it on TikTok. Oh man, you gotta love Zoomers. Like, the, uh, I would never have the balls to do that. That's that's fucking that's real balls right there yeah. to do that. Well, you probably get fired. You probably get fired. Probably get arrested. You for sure get arrested. I mean, or you know, I don't know if that's a. Cr- I mean, if you if you personally you you know fraudulent use their credit card then yeah you would get arrested no no they posted it on Twitter there it was on Twitter I saw it on Twitter for a while like it got really you know. No, I know, but simply posting a photograph of somebody's credit card, I don't, I, I don't think that's a crime. Like it's, you could get in trouble from your employer for doing that, but I don't know. I mean, I'm sure if it's not, they'll make it one because that seems to be the mo of the of the Supreme Court is to just like you know that that Congress passed that fucking Supreme Court Families Protection Act or whatever the fuck oh, you God, know unanimously yeah. that horse shit. 
Um, so I'm sure that that'll become a crime. You know? Well, if there's one thing the court understands, it's protecting the privacy of private citizens. <laughs> right, right. That's a, a founding principle. Yeah. Yeah, well, on that uh, note, <laughs> I think that does it for us this week. But um, rate, view, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left, facebook.com slash move left idiots, patreon.com slash move left. I am on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, I'm on Twitter at like slow. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye now. Twist, a surfer, a wild watusi, a frug, or a swinging hully gully. Mm-hmm.